0: listening to the dearest doula podcast i'm your host natalie Sines, and this is episode 34 based in san francisco california cornerstone offers labor and postpartum doula training and certification midwifery training placenta specialist certification and childbirth educator certification go to cornerstonedulatrainings.com for more information today are you looking to connect with a focused group of individuals who are just as passionate about the business of birth work as you are? Go to dearestoola.com slash a tribe to join me in weekly discussions with an accountability tribe made up of other like-minded individuals today. That's dearestoola.com a-t-r-i-b-e all right hello and welcome dearest doula community let's get started today for our birth worker feature we have a naturopathic doctor and birth doula who is also a reiki practitioner practicing in the kitchener waterloo area and inspire health and wellness ladies and gentlemen miss sarah connors thank you so much for coming on sarah
1: Well, thank you for having me, Natalie. I'm really happy to be here. Oh,
0: no problem. Well, I've given our listeners just a little overview, so why don't you take a moment to tell us a little more about you and fill in the blanks on my intro.
1: Sure, not a problem. Uh, Like Natalie mentioned, I'm a naturopathic doctor and as well as a birth doula, and I am practicing in Kitscher Waterloo. Um, I do work a lot with kids in general as well as women and going through fertility issues, going through pregnancy, and often I end up following them right along from the very beginning right through to birth and, and the postpartum period. So it's a really unique experience that I, I've kind of melded together where I get to see the whole, the whole process right from the get-go.
0: Oh, that sounds amazing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, I know that as a new doula, I struggled an awful lot in the beginning trying to put into words what exactly it is that I do in a short and simple way. So Sarah, let's say you're at a networking meeting and someone asks what it is that you do. How do you explain that in 10 seconds or less?
1: That's a really good question. Uh... What I usually say to people is that I'm the person who is there to support the mother and her partner to the best of my ability, so that they have the most positive, wonderful birth experience that they could possibly have. And then, I, if they have questions, I usually take it from there.
0: That's awesome. I love that.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And uh, let's see. I, something that we do here at the Dearest Doula Podcast is. We try to keep in mind that this show is truly created for those new and prospective birth workers, and I don't think there could be anything more inspiring than getting to hear how other people who are already doing this got inspired to become a birth worker. So that being said, Mm -hmm. Sarah, I'd love for you to share your quote-unquote origin story with us, and if you wouldn't mind, let's just go back and to the time where you realized that this is what it, you wanted to do. And talk a little bit about what you were doing prior to becoming a birth worker and how you made that transition.
1: Sure. Uh, so I actually did consider at one point becoming a midwife. Uh, so I was going to do just birth work, and that's all I really, really wanted to do. But the more I looked at it, I realized that for me, I needed a bit of a bigger picture and so I struggled with that decision for quite some time. And this was when I was still an undergraduate student um, at the University of Waterloo. And I was trying to decide, well, what do I want to do next? What's, what's my next step? And uh, I had been raised in a household where natural medicine and, and healthy lifestyles was just the norm. And so I went to a naturopathic doctor from the time I was a child. And one of our good family friends happened to be our naturopath and so I talked to him and talked to some other people I knew who were practicing and my own naturopath who I saw in in Kitchener-Waterloo and I realized that that was more my, that fit better for me than just going into birth work alone. Mm -hmm. It was a tough decision though because I felt like I had to give something up by making that decision. And so I did end up going to the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine in Toronto, and during my time there, I actually happened to be talking to one of my classmates in around second year, and she was taking the courses to become a doula. And I'd never heard the word doula. I'd never come across the term. I didn't even know what it was. Mm -hmm. And so I talked to her about it and she explained it to me. And it just sounded like this really amazing, wonderful opportunity to meld birth work with what I was already doing and working towards as a naturopathic doctor. So that's how I ended up getting started is I, I looked into the courses. I found somewhere I could take it. And of course, you know it, it, being in school, I just decided I didn't have enough work on my plate, so I had to add more. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> decided to go ahead and get my training in um, in my in Doula. and uh, I actually started attending births as a volunteer doula while I was still in school, mm-hmm. um, doing my naturopathic training. So sometimes that became a little bit hairy. In terms of uh, timing, of course, birth has its own timing, as we all know, and uh, doesn't always have our timing. (laughs) So sometimes that did conflict with my exam schedule, which was always a little interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was to me, it was the best, uh, I guess, marriage that I could possibly find to be able to put my feet in both worlds and really be happy with the kind of work that I went forward with.
0: Oh, I think that's so wonderful. And I love how you said that. What was a perfect marriage? You found something that worked for you and you were able to incorporate multiple passions into what it is that you do. And I think that's really inspiring. And I know that your Stula community is going to love that. So thanks for sharing that one. No problem. Well, Sarah, as we know, being a birth worker isn't always sunshine and daisies. And like anything else, it has its ups and downs. And I feel that it's really important to give our listeners a real world view of this line of work. So with that being said, I'd really like you to take us to a point in time where you struggled as a birth worker and go into how you overcame that struggle and how you use it to your advantage now. I would have to
1: say, at least to to this point in my career, probably the the birth that comes to mind when you say that is um I was I was still in Toronto at the time and it was a younger mother who was actually younger than myself. She was in her early twenties mm-hmm. and um the father of the baby was no longer in the picture. Um, and the relationship with her family was a little bit rocky at best. And she was planning on actually going home to Ottawa mm-hmm. once the baby was born. So I felt like for the first time ever, I was kind of thrown into the role of not only being support to a new newly mo- new becoming mother, but I also had to be a bit of a mother for her. Right. Um, because... She, she was quite young, and, and this, wasn't a, this wasn't a planned pregnancy in this case, mm-hmm. um, but she had decided that she was going to keep the baby and, and uh, raise the baby, um, and she was fine with that. But you could tell there was a lot, of, a lot of fear with this birth, because not only are you dealing with a first-time mother and a first-time birth, but she was very, very young and, um, and naturally scared, of uh, what was to come because she'd only ever been told really horror stories right. <laughs> um, about what birth was, so she was very very scared of things like having to get stitches because of tearing, and and she just had this really fearful picture of birth in her head, mm-hmm. and so to work through that was really a challenge. Um, I hadn't experienced that firsthand uh, prior to that birth to that extent anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, we did a lot of visualization work throughout that birth. And I, I honestly wondered if this baby was going to be born and if we were going to be able to avoid C-section, induction, all those sorts of things, because she was just so closed because of how fearful she was of, of this baby being born. And I think she was also probably afraid of her ability to care for her baby properly because of the, the difficult uh, life circumstances she was in as well. And, uh, just because of that, it was, it was a bit of a difficult birth. And it also happened to be my first overnight birth as well, where I got to the hospital, met them there at seven o'clock at night and the baby wasn't born until almost eight o'clock the next morning. Mm. And so I had my, I thought I was all prepared with my doula bag. I had all my tricks and everything (laughs) ready. And I realized that I didn't bring, um, a change of clothes, Mm. I'd forgotten my change of clothes because I was so focused on having all my things to comfort her and to make that birth as as positive an experience as possible for her. So that was my first time ever uh, sleeping upright in a chair. Uh, so that was kind of interesting. <laughs> and we we'll all like we all go through that, that period where, you know, you, you get to you catch whatever short amount of sleep you can, mm-hmm. uh, in the most interesting position you possibly can. And then you just, you be there for a mom as best you can. But fortunately in this case, um, we didn't end up having to do C-section, didn't have to end up doing induction. Um, we did end up going, she did end up choosing to have a, um, an epidural just cause the pain was really becoming too much for her. Sure. And, um, and she needed, she needed the rest herself. Um, Otherwise, she wouldn't have had enough energy to be able to push at the end. So I think one of the things that we think as at least this is my conception anyway, um, we think that by being there as doulas, we have to help mom have the most uh, natural, most um, least invasive birth Mm -hmm. uh, that she can possibly have which, you know, she had mentioned she wanted to do this naturally. She wanted to avoid drugs and things like that. But there is a time where certain steps are beneficial because, yeah, she didn't necessarily want the epidural initially when we sat down and talked about her birth plan beforehand, but this was one of those circumstances where the epidural was actually the better choice for her because it allowed her to sleep. It allowed her to rest. So she had the energy she needed to be able to actually birth her son um, when, when the time came at eight o'clock the next morning. (laughs) So I guess the one thing I would say from that is, you know, don't be afraid yourself to help them come to that decision that, you know what, maybe in this case, medication is okay and it's it's not always the bad choice or the wrong choice Mm -hmm. to go with that yeah there's you know we always got to talk about the side effects and the and the uh, concerns about taking that choice but I think really in this case she would have she wouldn't have been able to have her son um, vaginally like she wanted to if she hadn't made the choice to have the epidural so it was one of those situations where we kind of had to make a trade Mm -hmm. and I think for her, it was the right one. Yeah.
0: So, Oh, there are so many strong points in your journey and I kind of just want to slow down and go through them. I think that was such a great experience to share with the Dearestula community and thank you so much. You know, Sarah had a mom who was going through such a vulnerable time in so many different ways. She was a young mom, a single mom. She didn't necessarily have that family support and through all that, she still chose to find a doula to be there to support her. She she knew inside what it is that she needed and thankfully, like it was great that you were there to help her and empower her mm. and it wasn't that you had to be this person to steer her back to maybe her birth plan and her initial thoughts because mm. one of the great things um, that I think makes makes a very skilled and insightful doula is that you recognize where the mother's at and you meet her where she's Mm -hmm. at and it sounds like Mm -hmm. your client was experiencing some anxiety and there were all sorts of other things going on other than the physiological process of the birth that the mother was dealing with at that time and so we can't again like you just said always just assume the natural way is always the better way maybe for her in this case it certainly didn't seem that that was the way to go and she found comfort she found relief and separating our ego from that something that seems to come up a lot on this show is uh, Mm that a lot of doulas have a really hard time separating the outcome or the amount of interventions from their personal success and you know it's just it's not the case it's it's all about that mom and you did a great job in Mm -hmm. helping that mom and comforting her and being that supportive role so what a great story thank you so much for that one Well, thanks, Natalie. No problem. Uh, And so now we're moving on to my favorite question, probably, of the whole podcast. And that's where I ask you to take us back to a time that I call the movie moment. But really, even more simply put, that's just a time where, as a birth worker, you realized, this is why I do what I do. I'm supposed to be right here, right now. Could you share that with us? Sure. Sure. It's, it's hard to pick, honestly, it's kind of hard to pick
1: one because for me, the birth process is really the miracle of life mm-hmm. and to be allowed to be there to witness that miracle is just awe-inspiring to me, mm-hmm. So, which is why I love what I do because I'm allowed to be present at one of the most amazing, miraculous events that we're able to... Uh, witness in, in our lifetime. And, uh, so it's really hard to pick one birth. Um, but aside from just like the, the, the moment of when the baby is really crowning and, and the mom's making that final pushing effort and baby just comes right out. Um, I'd have to say probably a birth I attended a couple months ago where actually this was, this was a, another kind of somewhat difficult birth where, um, We were getting to the point where we were pretty sure mom was going to have to go for a C-section because time was ticking by, nothing was really moving. Uh, She was just really stuck at about six, seven centimeters and hadn't moved in going on 10 hours at this point. And they'd given her everything they could possibly give her that she was willing to take at that point. Um, and she was at that point, she was already a week and about, almost a week and a half overdue. So we'd given her all the time we possibly could. Um, and, uh, it was really that 11th hour that all of a sudden everything just shifted. Um, and the P or er, sorry, the obstetrician came in and she's like, I can feel the head. Huh. And mom just about freaked out. <laughs> and it was so, it was, she was, she just started crying. Um, and it was one of the most moving moments I've ever, aside from the birth itself. Um, uh, like I, I couldn't stop crying. Um, and then dad started crying and, uh, it was just, it was really beautiful. Um, and so, <laughs> so then we were, they're were like, all right, well, let's, let's, let's go. So, um, we started, everything started shifting and preparing for the baby to be born and, uh, dad was going to, he was going to cut the cord, but, um, I think the, the, the blood was just a little, a little too much for him. So, <laughs> sure. but, uh, all things aside, he, like, he was, the, he wasn't even sure if he was going to be able to stay in the room mm. because of his, his concerns with the blood. Mm. And he actually stood right by mom and he was patting her head with the cold cloth the whole time. And, oh, it was, it, it was a really, really nice moment to be present for And, uh, I think she was just so happy and excited because even, even I was at the point, I wasn't verbalizing it, but I was pretty sure she was going to have to go for a Mm C-section. So to see that turnaround right at the last second and, oh man, that he was a big baby too. He was, Mm -hmm. he ended up about 10 pounds, just a little over 10 pounds. And I was like, well, no wonder you were having a hard time getting him. (laughs) He's huge. And, um, so that was, that was really something. And I think she was so happy, uh, that she was actually able to have the, the vaginal birth at least because she'd had to have so many of the other things that she hadn't anticipated, um, needing mm-hmm. ahead of time. Like she'd really, like they had planned to have a du- uh, midwife, um, and they were going to have the baby at the free center mm-hmm. and they'd had to move over to the hospital because they were so late. So it was just one thing after the other just kept sliding. And she knew that was part of the process and you can't guarantee anything, but it, it just made me so happy that at least she got her vaginal birth when everything else had to be put aside. Right. So... That was really, really nice to see that happen. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's a great story. And, you know, this is my favorite question for a couple reasons. And the first is because um, there's this trend when it comes to this question or answering this question, and it's usually the words that are something like every single birth or every single time. And I love hearing that from birth workers, that it really is hard (laughs) to pick one. And and that's kind of the point is to – really get out there to our dearest Dula community that every single client you have, there's always these moments where you realize and you kind of reaffirm, this is what I was supposed to be doing. I'm, I was meant to be here. I'm so glad that mm-hmm. I'm doing this line of work. So I love hearing that. I just think that's a great part of being a birth worker. And, mm-hmm. um, and then the second thing, which was great in your story, was that you had that unexpected turn of events, which I think doulas are just programmed to being prepared for. But in your case, it was a pleasant, unexpected turn of events. Mm-hmm. And those are sort yeah. of few and far between, to be honest. And so it's enjoyed it to be able to share in that moment with those parents and, and to share that here with us. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, well, our next segment is the nitty gritty part. But before we begin, let's have a word from our sponsors. Cornerstone provides the perfect starting point on your journey to becoming a birth worker. They now offer a new childbirth education certification for today's CBE. Join them for their workshop and emerge informed and ready to provide cutting-edge childbirth education to the new generation of expecting couples. They will provide a culturally competent and effective training to give you the very best start in your new career. Small groups in a comfortable home setting provide the space to take time to answer questions during class, and Cornerstone makes it a point to practice all hands-on skills together, which is something you cannot get from an online or distance learning program. All trainings they provide are culturally competent, modern, evidence-based, thorough, and holistic offering many different models and viewpoints. So dear Stula community, Cornerstone has generously offered a 10% discount off any program when you mention the show. So don't wait. Contact them today at trainings.com That's trainings.com Sarah, what would you say is your biggest strength as a birth worker? Ooh, biggest strength? Uh, well, I, I'd have to go
1: with what, I've been told a lot, um, just because I'm, I'm definitely one of those people. It's, I I don't tend to talk about myself too much, so it's hard Mm -hmm. (laughs) for me to really say, oh yes, this is a strength for me. This is a strength. Um, I've been told by a lot of people that it's compassion, Mm -hmm. um, that I really do bring a lot of compassion and empathy to the birthing room and to, to my work in general, and even people like people that I work with in my office who I haven't worked with as a doula, they haven't seen me in action as a doula, but they've even said to me, uh, you know what, I couldn't imagine having a better person as a doula. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would say that's probably one of the biggest strengths that I do bring to, uh, to the birthing room and to, to my other work as well is that I do try really hard to bring compassion to all my clients so that they feel that someone is caring for them. Someone is listening to them and, and they're not alone. Exactly. So
0: beautiful. Yeah. What would you say is your biggest weakness as a birth worker? Mm. Uh,
1: probably uh, next, next to sleep. Cause I really do love my sleep. <laughs> so I always dread a little bit that, that on-call period where I could be called at 2 o'clock in the morning and I'm dead asleep. Right. Um, <laughs> aside from that, um, I would actually have to say my own, to a certain extent, my own fear, mm. um, because I haven't actually had any children of my own yet, mm-hmm. so well, I haven't gone through the birth process myself. And so with each birth, I get more and more confident, and that's just part of the process. Anything you do repetitively, you gain more confidence with. But certainly there's still a little piece of me that every time I go into a new um, relationship with a new uh, parent or or, uh, parent couple, um, can I do the best job I can for them? Am I going to be bringing an, a positive addition to their birth experience? Um, that's always something I ask myself every single time. And I, I think it, in some ways it's a strength too. Um, it's just making sure that that fear doesn't override um, my responsibility and my duty to be there as a positive presence that helps them and isn't too focused
0: on myself. Right. Oh, great points. And what is one thing that has you inspired right now? Actually, you know what uh, I was just just the other day
1: I was looking at my schedule at work actually my, my naturopathic practice, not my not my doula practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was looking at how full my day was and I was just like, oh my gosh, how am I gonna how am I gonna get everything done today? And it was just that realization that you know what? I'm doing the work that I want to be doing and that I love to do. Mm-hmm. And I get to do that every day. Mm-hmm. So it was just that, that reminder that sometimes you forget right. uh, that you're doing the work that you want to be doing. And actually it was because I was trying to fit in a new uh, a meeting with a new doula client. That's what the the issue was. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I don't, I don't have any room to put them in today. Um, and I, they really, really wanted to meet with me soon because their, their birth, their due date's coming up in November, actually. And uh, so they were really wanting to meet with me as soon as possible. I was like, you know what? This is a good problem to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, because there's not everyone gets the chance to do the work that they love and the work that they want to do. And the fact that I get to do really two jobs that I love a lot is, is pretty inspiring and the fact that I get to do that every day really does make me happy and makes me want to come back and do it all over again.
0: Awesome. <laughs> Uh, Well, our next segment is newer to the show and it's the birth worker business segment. So I tried to find questions that I feel are really going to help inspire and uh, motivate our listeners by having you share all of your tips, tricks and valuable resources when it comes to growing a birth worker business. So Mm. Sarah, what is one personal habit that you feel keeps you on your A game?
1: If I had to pick one, um, I'd have to say that it's, really, it's my clients. <laughs> um, I, I know that sounds a little strange. But uh, with every every person that comes into my office, especially with new patients, I feel like they they challenge me to make sure I'm doing the best possible job I can. Mm-hmm. Because they have no history with me. They don't know me, they don't know who I am, and they don't know what I can do for them. Right. So it's, it really, it's that, that initial interaction, that, that first impression, right? You have to really present that in a positive light or else they might... And not that this is a bad thing all the time. You have to, again, putting that ego aside. You know, they may not choose to work with you as, as their birth doula. Maybe there's someone else who fits with them better. Right. But you're always, um, you know, it's it's that new... that opportunity to put your best foot forward um, and I, I find that really does keep me on my toes so to speak because uh, I have to I have to perfect that you know elevator speech or that you know initial impression however you want to word it mm-hmm. um, and make it better all the time so then I know that I'm always presenting my best self so that they can make the best possible decision am, am I the right fit for them? Or is maybe maybe someone else is, and that's fine. Um, but I it, it does challenge me to always be perfecting how I introduce myself, how I um, how I word that elevator speech, and it's actually changed a lot mm-hmm. um, from when I started practice to now.
0: So awesome, cool. Mm-hmm. And what is one internet resource that you swear by?
1: Ooh. Wow,
0: there's lots of good stuff on the internet, mm-hmm. um,
1: as long as you know what you're looking for. <laughs> um, you always got to be careful with, with those websites that they're, they're good quality websites. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would have to say for a general, and this, this is a little bit influenced by my, my naturopathic background as well, um, I actually do use Mayo Clinic quite a bit. Okay. Um, if I'm looking, If I'm looking at some more medical side of things, Uh, But if I'm just looking for some general resources, tips, things like that, um, I actually go to either Aviva Rom. I'm not sure if anyone's familiar with her, but she's actually a doctor in the States. And she has a history as a midwife and a herbalist as well. So she's um, one of those kind of integrative doctors now, and she's really done some amazing and she's got a lot of books out as well Mm -hmm. actually um so i I often go to her website for a lot of um suggestions on um things to help women with with birth and preparing for birth and things like that and ina may gaskin as well actually Mm -hmm. i love her stuff Uh, she's wonderful
0: awesome and what one book would you recommend to the dearest doula community and why it doesn't have to be a birth related book by the way but it can be.
1: <laughs> well, I know this isn't, um, well, it's it's kind of on the borderline. Um, one book that I found really, really helpful for me when I was starting out because I found that when women were asking me questions about breastfeeding and starting breastfeeding and starting that relationship, I didn't really have any good, concrete, easy tips for them um, that – I felt good giving them. Mm -hmm. Um, So one book that I found really helpful actually was Dr. Jack Newman's breastfeeding guide. Okay. And he's, um, he's a medical doctor up here in Canada actually. And, but he's uh, done, he's worked with women and breastfeeding and breastfeeding issues almost his entire career. And he actually, there's a, the Jack Newman uh, breastfeeding clinic in Toronto actually at the Canadian college of naturopathic medicine, he's on the floor there and they see women that, you know, they're really, really struggling with getting breastfeeding initiated, um, babies with tongue ties, all that kind of thing. But, um, his, his book is a wonderful, wonderful resource. And his, actually his web, his website as well is a really great resource because he talks about a lot of those issues as well. So if you, happen to have a particular interest in breastfeeding and the breastfeeding relationship, that's a really great resource to go to. Perfect. Thank you.
0: All right, Sarah, let's say you woke up tomorrow in a completely new town. Your food and shelter are taken care of and you have $300. What steps would you take in the next 10 days to build your business?
1: Well, if I can say I've learned anything about business in the last couple years, it's that... You have to be on the web. Uh, So I would most certainly be setting up a website, whether it's free or maybe I put a little bit of my money into it, whatever the case is. I'm absolutely setting up uh, my online presence as soon as possible because that's really how people find you these days is through the Internet. So if you don't have an Internet presence, you're going to have a really tough time getting found as a new person. Who nobody knows. And that's something I've actually learned because I don't have family in Kitchener-Waterloo. I decided to come back because I really love the area and I loved my undergrad years here. So that's why I came back. So I've kind of had to start from scratch almost because I only have a few friends that uh, stayed around from from school. Uh, The rest of the time I've had to build my presence and build uh, my reputation in, in Kitchener and Waterloo to, uh, be able to build my business. So.
0: Awesome. Whether it comes to business building, attracting clients or marketing your brand, what are some strategies that you've implemented that you feel really helped to elevate your business? Um, aside
1: from all the, the internet stuff, so learning about different social media platforms and things like that, that I honestly, I was not on Twitter, um, I didn't know what Instagram was or a lot of these other things before I started um, starting to build my web presence. And I've still got a, a pretty long way to go, actually. But to start, um, is, it's actually getting out there, physically getting out there uh, into the community and doing talks, um, connecting with different groups, like mom's groups and, and um, prenatal classes, prenatal yoga, um, all that kind of stuff so that people can see you and they can hear you speak and they can get that, at least that initial sense is, you know, is this some, someone I could maybe work with? And because they see your face and you give them your card, there's more of a relationship already started there than just someone who, mm. you know, they hear a name. And not, not, I mean, referrals is where your business is going to build from, but that's not where it starts. Where it starts is from you hitting the pavement and hitting the the interweb. So that's, that. Uh, I'd say that was a really big thing for me too, is just doing as many talks as I could. And I'm not a public speaker. Don't get me wrong. I was the kid that wanted to sit at the back of the class, hide in a hole and never give my speech. Mm-hmm. I'm not a gifted, naturally gifted public speaker. Uh, but through doing you, you Again, it's an experience and a confidence thing. The more you give a talk, the better you get, and the better you get at speaking. Right. And if you're not a speaker, there's actually a really great organization called Toastmasters International. I don't know. Uh, some people have heard of it. Some people haven't. But I actually decided to join a local chapter of it in order to help me improve on my public speaking skills. And honestly, it was one of the best decisions I could have made in that respect because it also helps me to communicate better with my patients and my clients as well, because I'm constantly improving on my communication skills. So that's another resource that I found helpful. Um.
0: Oh that's great. I just went to a Toastmasters meeting oh, for the you? first time and it was it was a lot yeah. of fun. I'm really excited to move forward with them and it was it was just a great yeah. fun experience. Everybody seemed like they were having a good time and it was challenging but not in an intimidating way, which I was, you know, fully prepared for. I was kind of dreading it because I thought I, I was afraid it was going to get put on the spot and and they were so kind and they're really good at empowering one another. So great experience. And I'm so glad that you brought yeah. that up. On and the uh, just
1: like you said, that's really the the crux of Toastmasters is that everyone in there is there to improve and everyone there is to, mm-hmm. there to support each other. So you will not find right. at a good club. You won't find a negative um, experience at all. They're really there to Help you improve, and they, they we all come from the same place. We all start somewhere, mm-hmm. and really, the Toastmaster model is to build you up with confidence, and and even when they're giving you feedback, it's really given in a positive, really cushioned way, because they're just trying to help you be better, and um, it's just a really, really positive environment.
0: Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Sarah, what is a success quote that inspires you? Well, I'm—I I'm, know I'm not quoting it exactly, but
1: um, it's—I know it's a Walt Disney quote, and it's basically um, a paraphrasing here that um, you know the the dreams that you dream um, can come true um, when you when you take the time and you take the effort to to actually follow those dreams. And that's, that's something, I mean, I was, I was one of those kids who loved Disney from the time I was small. So, um, I've always looked towards, um, the positive aspects of Disney to kind of inspire me a little bit. And, uh, so he's, he's someone I've, I've always really liked some of the quotes that he's given throughout his life. So, uh, I'd say that would probably be one for me.
0: Awesome. Great. And lastly, what words of advice would you like to give to the Dearest Julek community?
1: especially for the newer doulas, the doulas just starting out, uh, just get out there. Uh, don't be afraid uh, because you're, you're new, you're inexperienced, um, you haven't attended many births yet. That's where, you know, volunteering for the first couple births is really, really helpful because, honestly, those moms are just really grateful that you're there and you're there to support them. And as long as you're there in the most positive, loving capacity that you could possibly be, you're going to bring a positive, something positive to the birth room. And you're gonna, you might surprise yourself what other skills and valuable things you can bring that you weren't even aware of that you can do. So I would say just don't be afraid and get yourself out there and, and uh, find find some births to attend.
0: Perfect. Well, Sarah, the Dearest Julie community believes that what you do matters. So please take a moment to just share a little bit more about your business with our listeners. Share the best way we can connect with you and then we'll say goodbye.
1: Sure. Um, So like I said before, I do do a fair bit of work with um, moms, babies, um, kids in general, and uh, just the whole kind of women's cycle of life type of thing. So Um, I mean, I'm always, I'm, I'm still at the building stage myself as well. So I'm always welcoming new clients and new referrals. And if you'd like to either follow me, I am on Twitter. Um, my handle is Sarah L Connors and, um, I'm also, and then my website also, if you're curious about looking at my blog or, or just seeing what I'm up to, it's, um, nd. Dot
0: com. Awesome. Uh, the Dearest Tula community will be able to find links to everything of value that we mentioned on today's episode by going to com, clicking the podcast button and finding you in the archives or by simply entering Sarah, that's S-A-R-A-H, in the search bar to have your show notes page pop right up. Thank you again so much, Sarah, for being so generous with your time, expertise, and experiences. The Dearest Doula community sends you a warm hug and we're now all one step closer to being connected, educated, and empowered.
1: Well, thanks for having me again, Natalie. It was a really great time. Thank you.